France has a heavily diversified economy, and it's one of the 10 largest in the world, one of the top three in the European Union. But with the enhanced oversight of foreign direct investment in France, like so many other jurisdictions, is investment in France a good idea? It looks like the answer is yes. We have a Jones Day panel here to explain why and to discuss France's foreign direct investment regime. I'm Dave Dalton. You're listening to Jones Day Talks. Based in Paris, Aubrey Bunta has advised clients on numerous mid-cap and large-cap M&A transactions. Her practice focuses on private M&A, including both domestic and cross-border divestitures, acquisitions, and strategic alliances, contracts, and corporate law issues. Jones Day's Nicola Bryce also works out of the firm's Paris office. He has advised clients on European and French regulatory law, such as foreign investments, export controls, privatizations, and sector-specific regulations. And Chase Kanicki, out of our Washington office, advises and represents clients in foreign direct investment matters, including filing CFIUS notices and negotiating mitigation agreements. He also represents and provides advice to clients in economic sanctions and export control matters. Audrey, Nicola, Chase, thanks for being here today. Thanks, Dave. Hi. Hi, Dave. Thanks. Glad you all can make it. Nicola, give us an overview of how the FDI control system works currently in France. Of course, Dave. At first, it should be underlined that foreign investments in France are free even if it exists regulation. The requirement for prior authorization in France depends on three things. Firstly, the nationality of the investor. Mm -hmm. A foreign investor is basically a non-EU investor. Secondly, the structure of the investment. And thirdly, the nature of the activity. It does not depend on the amount of the investment. There is no threshold triggering this requirement. Okay, Nicola, that, that surprises me a little bit. Um, Chase, let's bring in Chase Konecki for a second. Is that typical in some of the regimes you've looked at and that we've talked about before? Isn't there usually a threshold for lower limits, or, or is this, or is what France is doing typical at this point? Yeah, I think it's it's really across the board. I think we've seen some jurisdictions, for example, Germany. Uh, focuses on the percentage of an, the investment. For example, there's a 10% threshold for certain more sensitive investments. Mm -hmm. But, you know, similar to the United States, there is a safe harbor for investments at less than 10% that are undertaken on a purely passive basis. But mm -hmm. for the most part, it's it's more similar to France in the sense of it's really a control test. Okay. Is a foreign investor getting control or, under a new program, certain types of non-controlling rights, uh, regardless of the amount or level of the investment? I see. I see. Okay, let's go back to Nicola for a second. Talk about the types of foreign investments that might be subject to scrutiny in France. Yes. Foreign investments may be subject to prior authorization in France when conducted in an activity that involves the exercise of public authority or falls within one of the 14 sensitive business sectors listed in the French Monetary Code, such as national defense and security, weapons and ammunition, dual-use products and technologies, mail interceptions and wiretapping, crypto, cybersecurity, but also artificial intelligence, data hosting, robotics, semiconductors, energy, water, transportation, space industry, electronic communication networks and services, and public health. 
as you can see, Dave, it covers a large scope of activities. Very, very broad. Probably, and Chase might back me up on this, that you know, probably is wide-ranging a list as we've seen as we've conducted these sorts of, of programs. Talk about how this is similar, Nicola, to the CFIUS review procedure in the U.S. Oh, like the CFIUS uh, review procedure in the U.S., the French foreign investment review process could involve a, a number of different ministries and agencies of the French government, depending on the numbers of sensitive activities concerned. The process is organized by the Ministry of Economy and more precisely by the Treasury Department, which is the unique contact point for the parties. Again, Chase, this sounds a little bit like what we're experiencing in the United States and that there are different agencies, department overseers involved. Is that true? That's exactly right. In fact, the Treasury Department here in the United States also runs the process and is the point of contact for parties in front of CFIUS. And you do have a number of other U.S. government agencies that are members of CFIUS, including agencies like the Department of Defense, Department of Energy, Department of Homeland Security. So very similar to the United States structurally. Interesting. Nicola, talk about the kind of investments that are covered by the French rules. Do they also recover the acquisition of assets, for instance? Oh, great question, Dave. Thanks. French rules for foreign investments review cover both Asset deals and share deals. The investment, as defined by French Monetary Code, could result in the acquisition of the control of a company whose registered office is located in France, mm -hmm. and the acquisition of the control is presumed, although 33% of the share capital or the voting rights, or the acquisition of all parts of a line of business of a company whose registered office is located in France. Interesting. Okay, let's talk about practical matters. Now, with this sort of oversight and these requirements, there must be some mandated filing reports and requirements. What's the filing procedure and timeline? How does it all work? Now, in each case, you identify a foreign investment in a French company who operates in a sensitive sector. A filing is required. The investor is responsible to file the application before the Ministry of Economy, and this filing must be realized before the closing. Generally, it's done after the signing of the SPA. Concerning the timeline, the French Ministry of Economy must complete its review of the proposed transaction within two months from the period the application is considered as complete, which means that any request for supplemental information from the Ministry stops the clock for a new two-month period. The procedure is only complete when the Ministry of Economy is satisfied with the overall level of information received. Mm -hmm. Such timeline for uh, the filing procedure is usually four months, but it could be six months or more for highly sensitive matters. Go back to Chase again for a second. Four months or maybe six months, if it's a little more involved or complex, that's about what we've been seeing or hearing about in other jurisdictions. Is that correct? That's exactly right, and that's what we're seeing here in the last probably two years. And the CFIUS regime is, you know, we, we advise our clients that if you're going to go through the full CFIUS process, you should plan for four to six months. So, again, very similar to the U.S. regime. That's very interesting. Good enough. Let's start looking at M&A. We're going to go to Audrey Bontemps, please. Audrey, what are the key considerations to have in mind when preparing an M&A transaction in France? Could the Ministry of Economy impose undertakings for its decision? 
Well, there are, of course, many issues that need to be addressed upfront when planning an eminent transaction, and determining whether the deal is subject to any FDI review procedure is definitely one of them, as it may delay the closing of the transaction. Uh, purchasers should complete an analysis to determine whether a prior approval is required, and if it is the case, parties will often discuss at what point such findings should be completed. Occasionally, it is filed before the execution of the purchase agreement in the interest of time, but most often, and as Nicolas just mentioned, it is filed immediately after the signing. Our recommendation is that the parties should coordinate closely at an early stage to be able to timely file the required documents. If required, and given the possible sanctions in case of non-compliance with the French FDI regime, the FDI approval will be listed as a condition precedent to the closing of the transactions. Mm-hmm. And parties need to be prepared to discuss remedies and conditions for obtaining the approval. In fact, and to your question, the French Ministry of Economy may impose different undertakings, such as you know, honoring the contractual obligations of the target company, maintaining plans and employees on the French territory, sure. or maintaining R&D capabilities, and even to split and sell the sensitive business of the company to a third party. Okay. Parties also need to agree on a realistic long-stop date based on the specifics of the deal and the risk that the FDI process may prove cumbersome. And pretty much like we do for antitrust approvals, we can assist our clients in you know, negotiating the relevant clauses of the purchase agreement, preparing and reviewing the different findings in France, but also abroad in close coordination with our other offices for cross-border transactions. And we will, of course, help them as well negotiating the proposed undertakings with the competent authorities. Good enough. You know, and Chase, Chase Konecki, once again, this is sounding familiar. What I'm hearing from Audrey is get started early and I think kind of have a backup plan or expect the unexpected sometimes and be flexible as the transaction gets closer to fruition. I think that's exactly right. And I think it's, you know, that stresses the importance of thinking about these issues as early as you can in a deal and working with folks who have been through these processes before so they can give you a sense of whether, you know, the French government, the French FDI regime or under the CFIUS regime, whether the U.S. government could have concerns. And if so, what types of, you know, we call them mitigation measures, what types of measures will be imposed on the parties to the transaction to mitigate those concerns? So I think the the more the parties can think about those issues at the outset and agree what it is that they're willing to do and what it is that they're, that they're not willing to do, maybe, maybe some mitigation measures for a foreign investor would cause the, the deal to lose the, the value that the foreign investor sees. And so I think it's, again, really important to think about those issues at the outset and agree on you know where the line is drawn. Sure. And I think, too, we've seen enough transactions now just in France, but a lot of cross-border deals and, and, and with the foreign direct investment, with the new uh, attention it's getting, we've seen enough deals now that people can probably anticipate the types of things they're going to raise flags, right? I think that's right. I mean, I think past precedent is the best we can go on for to predict the future. And we certainly have some level of unpredictability around some of these new developments that are occurring based on the new legislation here in the U.S. But I think you're right. For the most part, we have a sense of where the U.S. government has concerns, whether a particular transaction might check any of those boxes. Okay, let's go back to Audrey for a second. And uh, we're going to bring up what everybody seems to be concerned about and what's attracting a lot of attention, that being Chinese investments. 
those are on everybody's mind when we're talking about foreign direct investments in the EU or the US or France in particular. Audrey, how are Chinese investments being reviewed under French FDI control? This is a question we often get from our, our Chinese clients who seem I bet. pretty, pretty <laughs> concerned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like we, we tell them all the time, I think the key takeaway is that foreign investments in France are free, you know, even though we have regulations to control FDIs. But there are no specific rules applying to acquisitions by Chinese investors or to any other investors for that matter. If, if, if you ask us, you know, about blocking our clients' decisions, uh, the thing is that they are not being published, but the conclusion on our part is that it has become pretty clear that the French government assesses each transaction based on its potential risk for France's public order and security. In practice, we know we can get clearance decisions for the acquisitions of French companies by Chinese investors. We have a good example of that last year regarding the acquisition of the Toulouse airport. And the conclusion remains that, like in any other major countries, the French government would intervene in case a Chinese investor would want to invest in a strategic activity or in military goods. Right. But the French government does not discriminate. It really assesses each transaction based on its merits. Overall, I think it's worth noting that, you know, despite our pretty robust FDI regime, foreign investors continue to invest in France. The American consulting firm AT Kearney has recently published its annual FDI. FDI Confidence Index ranking, featuring France in the top five of the most attractive major countries for the first time. So again, I mean, having an FDI control regime does not mean, you know, less, uh, fewer foreign investments. Right. And, and, and two things. Uh, number one, in the, the notes, you were kind enough to, you and Nicola were kind enough to prepare beforehand. Uh, you called that out. And I guess I was surprised, and I hope that doesn't offend anybody, but you wouldn't think that. You know, France is a relatively large economy and so forth, but to be one of the top five most attractive countries for foreign direct investment, that's encouraging, isn't it, Audrey? Yeah, our government has done quite a lot, you know, to send positive signals to the business community and foreign investments. And last year, we actually recorded our best year over the last 10 years. We may also benefit, you know, from like the overall uncer political uncertainty. We, we may benefit from Brexit uh, uncertainty as well. Yeah. So, okay. Well, the, the future looks encouraging. And I guess the takeaway there is, you know, France is open for business, right? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> okay. Nicola, people have been talking about the new European regulation on foreign direct investment control that's going into effect. How will this affect the French FDI control procedures? Well, Dave, as you know, and uh, as discussed in the podcast on EU FDI regulation, this regulation will apply from uh, October 2020, and it introduces a framework aimed at fostering cooperation and information sharing between member states and sets minimum standards for national regimes. But this regulation does not introduce an independent regulatory body capable of issuing binding decisions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. At this stage, the EU regulation will probably impact on the timeline procedure. Member states or commissions should deliver their comments on an investment within 35 days, and they also can request additional information within 15 days delay after notification what stopped the clock until the response is delivered. Concretely, the proceeding timeline to obtain the authorization from the French Ministry of Economy could be increased or one month or more. In France, like for all EU member states with FDI regulation, the real test for the interplay between the new EU FDI regulation and France review of FDI 
is going to be the French state's response to comments received from other member states or commission in case where French state would not object to a contemplated transaction. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody knows at this time whether critical comments issued by the German government, for example, to the French government under the new regulation will then pursue the French government to block a transaction that it would have cleared without such intervention. Now that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that yet. So even under the new EU rules are coming, that again are non-binding, I guess, but France says this is okay. Germany says, you know, we'd rather you didn't do that or let that happen. How, do you, how would that play out in reality? That, there's some diplomacy that's going to have to happen, right? Yes, and in reality, nobody knows what would happen. Oh, that's going to be interesting to watch. We, we, everybody will stick to its position. <laughs> yes, and it, <laughs> yes, and it could become a political issue, in fact. That'd be a fascinating story to watch that unwind. When that happens, and it will, please get in touch. We'll do a program just on that. So and <laughs> let, let, let's wrap up today's program with one more question. And we always, well, not always, but we like to do something like this. We like everybody to get out of crystal ball kind of think, okay, here's what I see. Here are the trends. What do you think is going to happen next? We'll go to all three. Let's start with Chase Konecki. In terms of foreign direct investment in the region and in France in particular, Chase, anything ring a bell for you in terms of here's what you should look out for? Yeah, this just all sounds so similar to what we've heard, not only uh, from the U.S. perspective, but also in the other countries that we've covered in this podcast series. Mm -hmm. You really see an effort by countries around the world to focus more on where foreign investments are in their economy and, and not necessarily to make it more difficult for foreign investments, but I think just to get those investments in front of the government and give the government of, of a particular country the opportunity to review and evaluate how that investment could or might not impact key areas of sensitivity. And we hear the term national security thrown around mm -hmm. in a lot of these podcasts, and it's not a very well-defined term, and I think that's on purpose. And so I think uh, as, as we continue to move forward with the various changes under these regimes, that definition and how the word national security is defined and interpreted is probably going to evolve as new concerns are raised. I mean, you heard Nicola mention artificial intelligence. I mean, that's certainly something that's on the minds of the U.S. government these days and sure. trying to figure out how do we, uh, without putting a stop to the economy, how do we protect what we consider to be sensitive artificial intelligence. So certainly something to keep an eye on. It sounds like all countries are moving in similar directions. Huh. And what an interesting time to be involved in this area of the law with technology evolving like it is and with the national security concerns. And by the way, I think that was intentional too, Chase. And I'm not even a lawyer, but absolutely. I think that was that's deliberately broad and vague, isn't it? But For uh, sure. What a fascinating time to watch these sort of issues develop. Uh, let's go to Audrey next. What do you think happens next in terms of foreign direct investment, either in the region or in France in particular? Well, we're hopeful we're going to keep up with the good trends I was just mentioning. We see no reason why that would change. I mean, again, the government is taking measures, you know, whether tax-wise or from a labor standpoint to try to facilitate investment in France. Mm -hmm. So we're hopeful it's going to continue. It will continue like that. Of course, Brexit is going to be an issue and we'll have to see whether it happens and what will be the consequences of that. Again, another layer of intrigue in all this, that's for certain. Nicola, wrap us up. What do you see coming around the corner for FDI in, uh, in France? As Chase mentioned, it's clear that FDI rules in all EU countries and particularly in France 
drastically increased last year's impacting in M&A and private equity transactions. This trend is global in the EU, such as in the US, and will not slow down shortly. It's clear that uh, the new EU regulation and FDI screening, such as reinforcements of French rules on FDI control, is an illustration of this trend to more and more screen and control for investments in national economies. I think it's definitely a trend that's well entrenched and it's here to stay. Nicola, Audrey, Chase, thank you for much being here today. We'll stay in touch as there are updates. Let's do this again. Thanks so much for participating in today's Jones Day Talks. Thanks, Dave. You can find more information on Jones Day's mergers and acquisitions and government regulation practices at jonesday.com. You can also find complete bios of our panelists there as well. Subscribe to Jones Day Talks on Apple Podcasts, Android, Google Play, and Stitcher. And while you're there, check out some of the previous podcasts in the Foreign Direct Investment Series. I'm Dave Dalton. Thanks for listening to Jones Day Talks. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Jones Day Talks. Comments heard on Jones Day Talks should not be construed as legal advice regarding any specific facts or circumstances. The opinions expressed on Jones Day Talks are those of lawyers appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect those of the firm. For more information, please visit jonesday.com.